Stop. 
Church, we're so glad that you decided to join us today for online services. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Austin Craig, and I'm the full-time production director here at Union Chapel. If you're joining us online, whether you're returning or it's your first time, we'd like to invite you to check in. We want to know that you're here. We want to know that you're watching. Um, so find our check-in link in the description of this video, or you can check in on our Union Chapel app. We'd like to thank you for your generosity. We know these times have been difficult and uncertain. Your giving has allowed us to continue to serve other people. You can give in one of three ways. One, through our secure online platform. The link to that is in the description of this video. Two, you could give using our Union Chapel app. Or three, you can always drop your offering in the mail. Once again, we'd like to thank you for your generosity. We're gonna go ahead and turn it over to our Creative Arts Director, Bobby Bennett. Hey everybody, my name is Bobby Bennett. I'm the Creative Arts Director here at Union Chapel, as Austin just mentioned. I have provided a visual aid to show a little bit what I do. It's a camera, I press a lot of buttons, make videos, photos, social media. Um, I really like what I do, which leads me to my two announcements for today. It's actually video related and it's also Mother's Day related, which is next weekend, in case if you didn't know. So, next weekend, we wanna do two things that I think are gonna make Mother's Day special. The first one is child dedications. So what we basically thought of is compiling uh, Zoom recordings of our pastors dedicating children with their parents over Zoom calls and then putting it into like a final video that will show on Mother's Day. So if you want to be a part of that and you get your child dedicated, what you can do is reach out to Alex Roman at Roman at humanchapel.com. It should come up at the bottom there. You can also reach out at our website or through the app. Our second announcement for today is about also celebrating Mother's Day next weekend. And so I'm asking for a little help to make a video that I think is going to be kind of special. So what I need is a 15 to 20 second clip of you saying something about your mom, saying something about how much you appreciate her, how much you love her. Uh, it could be funny. It could make us cry anywhere in between. But I want you to send that to video at unionchapel.com by next Tuesday. And then I'm going to compile that into a video uh, that will hopefully get us feeling things on Sunday and make your moms feel appreciated. And so if you do that, I'll really appreciate it. All right. So we're going to send things off to Joshua L. Westbrook. So, as you might know, we have been partnering with the Unite 714 movement. This is a movement of prayer where Christians all over the world are asking God to heal our world and draw people closer to himself during this time than ever before. So as I read these words, would you pray this prayer along with me? Heavenly Father, for many weeks we have been living under the constant threat of COVID-19. Bombarded by bad news and sequestered in our homes, we have faced deep concerns and even the imminent possibility of sickness and financial hardship. There have been days we have struggled to stand in faith. Still, by your power and grace, we rise up. We put on our spiritual armor today through faith in Jesus Christ. We pray against COVID-19 by the word of God and through the strength of the Holy Spirit. We resist all the effects of COVID-19 on us, our families, churches, cities, and nations. This virus has loomed over the nations of the world and has reached every aspect of society. 
Despite these challenges, we stand before COVID-19 and declare our God is able to deliver us. We ask, O oh God, that by your great mercy, COVID-19 would be eradicated, that we will soon see it gone and reduced to nothing. Heavenly Father, increase our faith, work in our hearts, produce in us, O oh God, your character. You have shown us your mercy and grace countless times. We are thankful and humbly ask for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on the peoples of the world. May countless millions be saved and discipled as your church boldly proclaims the gospel in this critical hour. This is our prayer and confidence through the mighty power of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here in a minute, you're gonna see the faces of essential workers who work in restaurants, shops, small businesses, and ministries that are focused on serving our community right now. And if that's you, we just wanna say thank you, and we wanna take some time to pray for you. Dear Jesus, thank you for the women and men who are faithfully serving our community by providing the things we need most. Our hearts go out to so many people who are struggling financially right now. We pray for your help and strength to sustain them. Thank you for ministries like Blood and Fire that help so many by providing a hot meal and groceries. Bless the Blood and Fire team, keep them healthy, protect their families. Jesus, we also ask that you supernaturally provide for the increased demands they have. Almost every day of the week, they are feeding people who are struggling financially. Keep each one of their team members well. Renew their strength every day. Thank you, Jesus, that as they offer food, they are also offering hope. We ask for you to bless the people faithfully working in stores, restaurants, and businesses. As they are generous with our community, help us be generous with them. Send your angels to protect them from this virus or any other sickness that may come their way. Thank you, Jesus, that you are a shield around them. Thank you for keeping them safe and healthy. Let your power be their strength. There's so much tension and fear, and sometimes that can make people uneasy or agitated. When people lash out or act unkind, send your peace to our friends. Lord, you are their rock. Nothing can shake them. Give them the extra strength they need to meet the demands of this challenging time. May your peace flow through them to the people they serve. Send your calm to our community through them. We praise you that perfect love casts out all fear. Fill each one of them with your love in such a way that the fear in them and in others around them starts to vanish. Sales are down in so many of these businesses. Help provide the income they need to keep going strong. Help them to grow in these difficult times. Bless these men and women and their families as they help provide the essentials for our community. Jesus, together we pray for so many people in our community who are struggling financially right now. Give them renewed hope Provide work and income for them. Give them favor. We pray for the quarantine in our community to end very soon. Give us wisdom together to be careful and cautious as we begin to rebuild. More than anything else, draw us to yourself, Jesus. Help us see what is truly most important in life. Thank you that you love us and accept us just the way we are. Thank you even more that you don't leave us the way we are either. We trust you with everything in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship at Union Chapel. Today, it's the month of May. Fantastic. We made it to May the 3rd. Uh, on May 1st, by the way, uh, that marked right at 40 days since the governor uh, mandated shelter at home. So 40 days is an interesting number, isn't it? And here we are today uh, talking about being in the wilderness. You know, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, and we understand it. We've been there. And so let's talk about it a little bit today and see what encouragement we might find for each other. I've chosen as our text today from the book of First Kings, chapter 19. I'm going to read the first nine verses there. And you will recognize perhaps this story of the prophet Elijah. Verse 1 says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, and while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals, a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. May God encourage and inspire us today through his word. Thanks so much. Well, the wilderness is a barren place. We've talked about the storm the last couple of weeks. We're in a storm, been in a storm. We talked about the valley. We talked about how we're going through, passing through a valley. And today I want to talk about the wilderness. The wilderness is typically a barren place. It's a dry place. It's a desolate place where you feel very alone. One of the images often found in the wilderness is wandering through. So we get this common theme that we're passing through, we're going through, we're enduring, we're, we're hanging on to get through to the other end. And in today's culture, in today's realities, we're wondering, aren't we? We're wondering when this is going to be over, when we're going to get out of it, when uh, will we experience a new normal, how much touching, gathering, social distancing is going to be required. Some of you are wondering about your job, about your schooling, about your house. Can I pay the mortgage? Uh, what about my equity? Student loans coming due. Debt issues are pressing into our, into our consciousness. Again, what is going to be the new normal? Now, we all understand the wilderness. Let me put this on the screen. I, I don't want to discourage anyone, but I want to just give you a piece of reality. And I look at this statement. The wilderness is different from the valley because time in the wilderness usually lasts longer. Usually lasts longer. So what's interesting to me when you look at wilderness stories in the Bible, you often find that these stories are right on the heels of mountaintop experiences. Uh, Jesus, for example, um, 
had an experience like this where he's being baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist. And as he's coming out of the water, the father from heaven actually speaks so that people can audibly hear him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now, these are words of encouragement, of affirmation, of support. And by the way, fathers, just a, just a side note, all you dads out there, something that I have come to believe, you may not believe it to the degree that I do, but I, I am fairly convinced of this reality that a son or a daughter's self-identity will actually be most highly formed as a result of the words that you use about them as a father. What do your children need to hear? We learn this from the father speaking about Jesus in this moment. This is my beloved son. Your children need to hear that you love them. Say the words out loud from your mouth to their ears. I love you. In whom I'm well pleased. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you from your mouth to their ears. I am proud of you, son. I am proud of you, daughter. And the third piece is listen to him. In other words, you got the right stuff. I love you. I'm proud of you. You got what it takes. You say to your sons, you got the right stuff. You, you're going to be something important. You're going you're to achieve great things. You say to your daughter, you are precious. You are valuable. You are wonderful. You're the most wonderful thing in the world. And when sons and daughters hear this from the father, it defines who they are. So it's interesting, uh, the next verse, though, after Jesus hears all this affirmation from the Father, immediately Jesus was driven into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days by the devil. Mountaintop followed by wilderness. It's interesting, isn't it? Maybe your life seems like that. 40 days ago or so, your life was percolating along just fine. Maybe really blessed, beautiful, everything's good. You're happy, content, life is good. And then COVID-19, and we all get thrown into the wilderness. And if we're being honest, all of us are experiencing this wilderness um, journey together. Now, uh, today what I want to do is, is just give you one point. This is a one-point sermon. One-point sermon. Now, how often do you get one of those? These must be special days, special times. Here's the point. I will put it on the screen for you. Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. Now, we have context today uh, from 1 Kings 19 where we have Elijah the prophet who has just come off of a very powerful mountaintop experience. He's been on Mount Carmel. He's literally called down fire from heaven, consuming this altar and vanquishing hundreds of the prophets of Baal, false prophets. And so he has this amazing mountaintop experience. And right on the heels of that dramatic miracle, he almost immediately finds himself depressed, desperate, alone, scared, and running for his life. Now, here's some context. The king at the time was a guy named Ahab. He was a mess. He's, he's trouble, big trouble. He's a bad guy. Only to be topped in evil by his wife, 
whose name was Jezebel. And after this great victory over the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, Jezebel makes a threat. And he, she says, if, if, uh, if I don't kill you, Elijah, may the gods deal with me severely. And Elijah hears this and he runs for his life. Um, and it says that he, went, he came to Beersheba. The, the text actually says he came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there. Now, let me just pause for a moment, because if you just read that text, you may miss an important detail. From Mark, Mount Carmel to Beersheba is 100 miles. It's 100 miles. So this guy, this is before Uber. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't call Uber. He's on foot. And this guy runs scared for 100 miles miles. I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's, he's becoming Forrest Gump. <laughs> I was running. I mean, he's, he's out of there. He's out of Dodge. He's going. So he's just on the mountaintop and where, where does he end up? He ends up in the wilderness. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where we are. He's alone. He's scared. He's hurting. He's desperate. And let me just remind you, this is Elijah. He is a great prophet. He is a powerfully motivated man, person of God. He's bold in his faith. He's courageous in his miracles. His resume is full of miracles of God, amazing miracles of God. Now, here's what I know. I'm talking to a number of people today, and you feel just like Elijah did when he came to the end of himself and he said, I've had it. I've had enough, Lord. I can't take it anymore. I just want to die. Wow. Maybe you're in a place you say, I'm, I'm spent. I'm done. I've had enough. You know, it's raising these kids, raising these teenagers, my work situation, our finances are so uncertain toilet keeps overflowing. I keep saying to the kids, don't hurt yourself because the last place we want to go is to the medical center or to the hospital. You know, if you hurt yourself, you're on your own because we're not going to the hospital. It's, you know, and your two-year-old keeps ramming Tic Tacs up his nose and you know the next time he does it, you're not going to be able to get it out. You may have to go to the hospital for that. I wonder how many of you parents who are listening in today have been homeschooling your kids for these weeks uh, have become more appreciative of your, of your children's teachers. Yeah, I know you have. Will you tell them? Will you promise next time you see them? I appreciate everything you do. How many of you are more grateful for the essential service workers in our community? Uh, isn't it true? Post office personnel, overland truckers, delivery people, grocery store employees, garbage collectors, first responders, and of course, our medical and hospital staffs, these are heroes, aren't they? Remarkable courage. So we say thank you. But you can't feel overwhelmed. And this apparently is what happened to Elijah, the prophet. Now, this guy had, had fought bravely in his life. This is out of character for him to be so taken back. Uh, let me just share some of his resume. He stood down this evil king, Ahab, 
he prophesied because of sin in the land that it wasn't going to rain. And this drought came for years. For three and a half years, it didn't rain. And in those three years, King Ahab is pursuing Elijah to kill him with full force. So he's running for his life. While he's in hiding, he's fed by ravens. Maybe you remember some of these amazing stories. In the context of all that, he raised a boy from the dead. That's, that's, that's pretty big on the resume. Not everybody's got that one. He stands down these 180 false prophets of Baal, called down fire on Mount Carmel, destroyed hundreds of these prophets. And then he asked for God for rain again. And he sees first this cloud the size of a man's hand, and then it grows, of course, and then the drought is broken. And, and after all of that, this angry, nasty, evil, demonized woman named Jezebel threatens him one time, and he runs for his life. His life falls apart. Yeah. It's interesting that when I, when I share that story publicly, the women always laugh or smile, and the men sit perfectly quiet. I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. There aren't any women who scare me, sort of thing. Yeah. So he runs for his life, and he admits that he can't take any more. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud is a, a famous Christian psychologist, author, uh, had a group of Christian leaders with him in a conference one time, and he asked them, what's your greatest challenge? And they all had a similar response. We're tired. We're fatigued. We're worn out. We're tired, just feel tired all the time. There's just constant pressure constant demands, constant challenge, and we're just worn out. And I think Dr. Cloud wisely diagnosed their problem. He said, you know, maybe, maybe your problem isn't a physical fatigue. Maybe that's not actually the source of your, of your weakness. Because if it were, then taking a nap would cure your problem. But he said, maybe what you actually need is spiritual replenishment. You need to be restored, revived, renewed at a spiritual level to experience God's grace and goodness and loving kindness and mercy, to be in, to be in the presence of God. Last week, we reminded that, that, that in order to get through, through the valleys of life, we have, to, we have to dig a well or prepare a place for the presence of God in your life to allow him to come and bring refreshment to your life. So we do need God's grace. We do need spiritual replenishment. And I think that's what God wants to offer. King David uh, reported in Psalm 23, which we're all familiar with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down, follow it now, to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. That feels right, doesn't it? He restores my soul. Yeah. Look at 1 Kings 19, verse 5 and 6. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up. And eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Now he looked all, all around, and there by his head was some bread. It was gluten-free, of course. And, and it had been baked over these coals and some water. And, and he partakes of this. Now what is God saying? What is God saying in this? Look at the screen with me. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest in the presence of God. 
Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just take a breather and let God restore your soul. Yeah. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord came back a second time. Now, why would the angel come back a second time? I love this. Now, follow this. It's important. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't get it the first time. God gives me a breakthrough or an opportunity or an invitation the first time, and I'm reluctant, I'm hesitant, I'm too tired to care anymore. Whatever the circumstance, what we learn from this passage is that God doesn't give up on us, and he'll keep coming back. Comes back a second time if we need, a third time if necessary, a fourth time. He won't give up on us. He will continue to pursue us and to try to capture us. There are those of you today, God's coming back for you. He's coming back for you. You need to hear from him. You need his touch. You need to be reminded that he's with you. He's coming back for you. So Elijah ends up traveling to Horab, the mountain of God. He goes into a cave. He spends the night there. The word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Why are you running? What are you running from? What's, what's your deal? What are you doing here? And Elijah, Elijah uh, employs the whiny voice at this point. Have you ever used the whiny voice in prayer? Lord, you know how pitiful it is? Can't you, can't you see us down here? We're suffering. We don't know what's going to happen next. Elijah basically says, look, I'm your guy. I've been, your, I've been working so hard. I've never worked harder in my life trying to do what you want. Here I am. Verse 10 of 1 Kings 19, check it out on the screen. He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Yeah. So he's in a spiritual wilderness, which we identify with. He's hurting. His need is so great he can't see beyond his own need. He says, nobody understands. I'm the only one suffering like this. I'm sure other people are suffering right now, but no one's really feeling it like I am. I mean, this is just a horrible time for me. And that's why when God comes to him and brings healing, that's why you'll understand that your deepest need can become a gift when it causes you, drives you to depend on God. Could I just say it this way, just straightforward. Anything that drives you toward God to get closer to God, anything is ultimately a good thing. It's true. Now, it may be horrible circumstances, even tragic events, just painful as it, you know, take you to the end of yourself. Lord, I, I'm, I just want to die. You can, you can get to that point, but even that point when it moves you toward God, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Look at verses 11 and 12. We'll put these on the screen for you. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. 
And after the fire came a gentle whisper, a gentle whisper. Don't you love that? So there's this great, powerful wind toward the mountains, an earthquake, rocks are tumbling everywhere. Then this fire came. Moses saw a burning bush consumed by the fire of God. I mean, there are these moments when you think, well, that must be God. The fire, that's God, or the wind is God, or the earthquake is God. But then came this gentle whisper. Not the earth, not the wind, not the fire. Hey, earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> see, see what God did there? Yeah, put that right in for people who came of age in the 70s. You're welcome, yeah. So God was not in the remarkable. In this case, he was in the ordinary. Now think about that, the ordinary whisper. Now, you may be in a moment right now where you're saying, listen, I need God to shout. I need God to yell. I need God to, to echo clearly that he's with us, that we're going to get through this, that the next steps are going to be okay. Well, listen, why does God speak more clearly in the whisper? It's because he's so close. It's because he's so close. Yeah. Look at this statement on the screen. The devil shouts his lies. You've been hearing those, haven't you? You're not going to make it. You're probably going to get sick and die. Someone you know and love is going to get sick and die. Uh, you're never going to get your business started again. Your finances will never be right. Uh, the, the, the hole is too deep. You'll never climb out. And on and on, the shouting of the devil goes into our ears. The devil shouts his lies, but God whispers his truth. God doesn't shout to get your attention. He whispers to draw you close, draw you close. So when you're hurt, God says, I hurt with you. When you're in the valley, I'm with you in the valley. When you're in the storm, I'm your peace in the midst of the storm. When you're in the wilderness, I'm with you. Why does God whisper? He whispers because he's right there. He's very close. Let me ask you, where do small children go when a big storm blows up? Where do small children go? We all know the answer. They run right to their parents, jump in the bed with their parents. That's what you do. I want you to see Psalm 34, verse 18 on the screen here. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Yeah, he's close. Look at Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to he the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Be encouraged by that today. 30 years ago, uh, my wife, Beth, was diagnosed with breast cancer. We went through all of the rigors of that treatment. And many of you know, she was challenged again about three and a half years ago with the same disease. And so you pause and you ask, what? Why? What's that about? Lots of questions. You know, suddenly you're in a storm. Suddenly you're in a valley. Suddenly you're in the wilderness. And you know how quickly it happens. We've all experienced it together in these last 40 days. What is the answer to the question? What's going on? Why are you allowing this? What, what is happening to us? Let me tell you, ultimately, 
when you realize in the storm that he's our peace, when you're in the valley, he's the one helping us to get through. When we're in the wilderness, we come to the conclusion sooner or later that he's the one who sustains us. He's the one who protects us. He's the one who provides for us. He's our hope. He's our life. He's our all in all. Put whatever definition on your crisis, your wilderness. As I describe our cancer journey and our family, I can tell you this. It became a great opportunity to grow our marriage. Great opportunity to grow our family. Great opportunity to grow our faith. Great opportunity to expand our hope. Great opportunity to embellish our trust in God and to know that he is there. He is faithful. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Even in the moments when you feel most desperate, most alone, he's promised to restore your soul and he's close. So we enjoy him on the mountaintops, don't we? We do. It's natural. But we get to know him intimately if we choose when we're in the valleys. Yeah. When we're wandering in the wilderness, we feel like nobody understands. He understands and he cares. So reach out to him today. Receive a personal touch of his presence. Hear his gentle voice, his whisper in your ear reminding you that he's with you. He's never left you, never forsaken you. And as you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Amen. Let's pause and pray about these things for a moment. Father, we ask that in your presence today, you would minister grace to us, your peace, your goodness, and your grace. Now, friends, everyone within the sound of my voice as you're praying today, I want you to just take a moment, ask yourself, are you in a valley? Would you say, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a desert. I'm in a wilderness right now. Would you just acknowledge that? Just be honest about that? Be vulnerable about that? And as you acknowledge that, Father, today I pray for all of us in the wilderness. And I ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would reveal yourself in the whisper. Show us that you're with us, that you care, that your grace is enough. Be our rock when our world is unstable. Be our strength when we're weak. God, be our comfort to those who are hurting. May your presence be enough. Now remember, when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. You'll find him. The scripture says when you seek him with all of your heart, and if you'll be quiet, and if you'll listen, you'll hear, hear the gentle whisper of a good God who's always with you. He's always close. Now, maybe I'm speaking to someone right now, and you realize you don't really have a relationship with God. Let me explain. Our problem is our sin. We sin. We do things wrong. And sin separates us from a holy God. But God loved us so much that he wouldn't leave us dead in our sins. This is the good news, that God became one of us in the person of his son, Jesus. His name is Emmanuel. It means God is with us. It's God in the flesh, Jesus, perfect in every way. He became the sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. He died in our place and rose from the dead so that anyone, and this includes you, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus would be saved, would be forgiven 
be transformed. Listen, you don't work your way to God. Can't be religious enough for him. You receive the free gift of eternal life through the grace of God, his unearned, undeserved favor. You call on his name. When you do, he'll hear your prayer. Forgive every sin, make you brand new. Your old life is gone. A new life comes to you. And that's why you're here today. That's why some of you have tuned in today. Maybe you've never been in one of our services. Maybe you've never done this in your life. But you're here within the sound of my voice right now. And you know why. For those of you who would say, yes, I want his presence in my life. I want his grace. I want his forgiveness. I want to commit my life to him to turn my sin over to Jesus and ask for his forgiveness. If you pray this prayer after me, listen to me. God always hears that prayer. He never turns a deaf ear to someone who sincerely reaches out to him. This is why he came, friend. This was his mission. And so he'll hear you respond to it. So pray, pray with me. You can pray it in your heart or pray it out loud. Be bold right after me. Heavenly Father, that's right. Just say it out loud after me. Heavenly Father, today I trust you to save me and to forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, make me new. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you, so I can show your love, so I could live for you. My life is not mine. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for new life. Today, I give you mine. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I've been strong and I've been broken within a moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless at every
So 
Well, we're all learning the new normal together and God bless you as you walk into the days ahead and we will do this together and continue to uh, journey as a community of faith. The church is the church and we are the reflection of Jesus in the world. And I trust that you'll be encouraged and blessed by his presence and renewed hope that he alone provides. Here's the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Peace in your heart, peace in your mind, peace in your soul, peace in your life, both now and forevermore. Amen. Love you all.